1: The answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.
2: Ah, uh, good afternoon everybody. Um, let's start out uh, thinking positively. I would not leave you in times of trouble. We could never have come this far. I, I took the good times. I'll take the bad times. I love you just the way you are. That's uh, Billy Hill, by the way one of my favorites. And then uh, usually when we hear or read something new, we just compare it to our own ideas. If it is a saying, we accept it and say that it is correct. If it is not, we say it is incorrect. In either case, we learn nothing. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, you missed Marshfield this week. And uh, for those people who did, I, I think you missed something. You know, they once approved uh, – I mean, they just proved again and again the amount of research they do. And just, just so you know, uh, and I'm – you know, look, past performance doesn't guarantee future success, as the lawyers say all the time. But this year, they had like a 28%, 29% round trip against the market. So the market was down 18.3% at the end of the year. Marshfield was up 65 Great stuff, boy. Great stuff. Now, I – and by the way, a lot of people have been talking about safety these days. And, and I just want you to know something. You know, at, at RBC, first of all, our reserve ratio is like 12.5%. I think it's like 3% above 90% of the banks out there. Uh, we are the 11th largest bank in the world, and we never took TARP money. Also, if you have a, an account with us, you have $5 million in FDIC insurance with us on a joint account and $2.5 million in an individual. All right. So safety is a concern with us too. So I, I just want to make sure of that. And uh, I had the opportunity, and I'm going to go over a couple things. Uh, we talked about AI this week and we talked about some lithium things. So stay tuned, but, um, and, and it's, this is a live show. So if you've got a question here, it's 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. But I thought it was kind of interesting. I We had uh Nicole from our bond department, in and uh, boy, she's a smart lady. Uh, And she said this week, you know, for you bond people out there, first of all, you know, mortgage bonds are getting interesting. Okay. They're six and a half, seven percent sometimes. And there are some CDs out there that are still yielding a decent amount. But she said, now is the time to add duration to your portfolio. And if you don't know what duration is, you shouldn't be managing your own portfolio. Leave it at that, okay? Now, uh, we also had uh, Rob Schleimer talk this week, and, and he's talking about this barbell approach, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about. And he said uh, he gets constantly calls about stocks when they gap down. And he says you should look at the three-day rule. So see what happens after three days and then make a decision. Um uh, You know, he he emphasized the trend is your friend. You know, that's one of the reasons we looked at technical analysis plus the fundamentals is we want the trend to be on our side. And the other thing he said is it's not the event. So if, if, if a client, I mean, if a company comes out with earnings or an announcement, it's not that. It's how the stock reacts to that event. That's important. Okay, and. Uh, We also, (laughs) uh, you know, we had several people in this week, and and Lindsay Strickland is uh, in our uh, portfolio analysis group, and I think she does a great job. Uh, And one of the things she said is um, if a stock gaps down, you should be departing. Gaps are new information into the market. If they gap up, might be a time to buy some on a pullback. And she always talks about the 40% rule. When you're up 40%, you should take part of the stock off the table. Uh, so for, the, for you people out there that are listening, there we go. Um, by the way, she gave me three stocks, and I own all three, which is kind of nice. Uh, so uh, people are talking more and more about safety, and, and there's a, been, the amount of money that has gone to bonds has been fairly significant uh, just recently. Um, and I think that's interesting. Uh, you know, look, I, I said when bonds broke their 40-year downtrend line that we got a different, you know, things are changing. Okay, so we'll just leave it at that. But look, I, I think the recovery remains the key theme here, uh, premating the, uh, the S&P 500 and, and, and the Russell and all the rest of it. And, and the pace of beats is up for the S&P 500 on both earnings per share and revenue. And now the same is true for the Russell 2000. Uh, you know, Russell 2000 really got hit because it 27 percent of it or 28 percent of it is regional banks. But a lot of the stocks that aren't regional banks held up extremely well. You know, they did. They're they're doing better. All right, so you got to keep that in mind. And if you look at the bottom up consensus for 2023, the earnings per shares uh, forecast have stabilized at about 2.21. That's positive. At uh, 2024, consensus stats continue to point to a return of growth. So, you know, Rob Schleimer has been saying, Rob's our head technical analyst. Uh, You'll hear him on uh, the show quite a bit. He's also, uh, if you go to my webpage, which you go WHK 1420 and go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, you can go directly to my webpage, under... you know, bulletin board. He has thing called roadmap, and uh, weekly he puts out. It comes out, I think, on Thursday or Friday, and he talks about just some things that you should know. And he's very good at what he does. Uh, so he talks about 2024 being the return to the market. You know, uh, uh, the market's going to take off, and I think he's right. All right. So, earnings sentiment. You know, I think this is important because the rate of upwards earnings per share is improving. So the earnings sentiment is improving. Although the market doesn't like it. Now, the other thing that was really interesting is at this point in time, we are at one of the greatest net short positions, that means everybody's short, in history. Interesting, huh? Uh, So, look. Most of the world equity markets extended year-to-date gains just recently. And, uh, you know, Europe has been leading. We mentioned that back in uh, December. Uh, I had some European stocks. I didn't add to the positions because I wasn't totally convinced. That happens sometimes. But these debt ceiling negotiations are really um, setting people back. And once again, politics and bad policy has come to hit us again. That's, that's been the theme of the last four or five years, folks. Bad policy, whether it's the Federal Reserve, it, uh, definitely out of Washington. So we'll see what happens. Um, the fixed income market volatility has subsided to levels prior to the collapse of some of the U.S. regional banks. So we'll see how that goes going forward. But uh, um, you know, look, market direction right now. I, I think you know Al Pacino in, in every given Sunday talked about. A game of inches, a game of inches. And that's what we seem to be having. You know, we, we take two steps ahead and we take one step back. You know, we go two steps back, we take three steps ahead. Um, you know, the Cleveland Fed inflation now forecast plus 45 basis points on the trend model. Uh, and that's kind of a stubborn increase, just so you know. And, and so you've got to be thinking, um, the bar has been raised for a June hike. Uh, That's my humble opinion. But, you know, look, uh, there there has been an absolute collapse in margin debt. Um, It's really close to near the dot com trough. Okay, so nobody's borrowing to buy stocks, which is I I don't use margin very often. So, uh, you know, that's good. But we are starting to see. Uh, a little bit of bottoming process in the regional banks, which would be very positive for the market, Uh, not so much the West Coast (laughs) stuff. But, you know, what I thought was going to happen was this inflation number was going to come in real hot and it came in okay, not real hot. And uh, so I I think, you know, people are talking a little bit about pause because the softest core CPI reading. We'll see. You know, we'll go, we'll, go there for, we'll go forward on that. But I still go back to, uh, and, and, and by the way, I was wrong. Okay, the last week of September, I said, I think we bottomed. <laughs> of course, like eight days later, we had a big sell-off just to make me look bad. But the next day, we gapped open. So that was what they call a rat's tail. You know, you have a big day down on high volume, and then you rally right from the start. That's usually the bottom. And it looks like that. That uh, was October twelfth. That is going to be the low, in my humble opinion. We'll see, but so far it's it's held extremely well. And if you notice, if you t- if you draw the uptrend lines on the S and P five hundred, we've held that. So there we go. No, but I do think, you know, you have to have this barbell approach on your portfolio. You know, the the bar can be. Uh, you know, a lot of people bought CDs. I bought a lot of CDs back in uh, the fall, and I bought some Treasuries just recently. Um, but I think you have to have defense on that bar, you know, the, the, the consumer staples, some utilities, that type of thing. And then on one end value, and on the other end growth. Okay. And you got to equal those out. Uh, now people think, uh, you know, I'm crazy, but you know, look, I think healthcare staples, you know, I've been saying for a month now that healthcare and and medical tech stocks were going to lead. They are. I mean, they've broken out very nicely, so pay very close attention there. Technology is on the other side of growth, and they've been picking up. And, and even some of the uh, industrials and materials, you know, which led the way last year, they look like they are they put it in a short-term bottom, so we'll see what happens going forward, okay? But I think you just got to maintain that, that barbell approach, you know, value growth. Uh, look, the way I do it is I, I let Marshfield do my – Deep value. Okay, they did great last year, up six and a half percent. If you just started with them, you've been with them four or five years. They were up as much as twelve. So in a down eighteen, nineteen percent year, they're up twelve. That's a thirty-one percent turnaround, folks. You know they do well. All right. Um, and then on the, on the growth side, that's where you know my clients got beat up a little bit. And uh, but you know, I mean, Microsoft came from three seventy down to. 240 and it's back up at 300 already. Same with Meta. You know, some of those names are, have really turned around. So you got to be careful. All right? So I think that the combination of the the inflation fight dragging on, the labor market remaining resilient, you know, I don't, everybody's talking about the Fed easy and I'm not so sure I see that yet, but uh, the bond markets saying that's going to happen, but I, I don't see it yet. And the economy continuing to move Towards some type of landing, um, we'll leave it at that. All right. Now, look, uh, these barbell portfolios. I mean, if you look at the growth forward PE versus the value, it's it's now back to where you know it's bottomed for for many a time. So, growth may be a good place to start to take a look at you know for your portfolio. Now, the other thing, uh, by the way, this week I had several people call me. You know, quit talking about the wealth plan. And I asked him. I said, "Do you have a wealth plan?" And they said, "No." One of the guys uh, who I really respect said, "His is all on his computer." I said, "It does you no good, okay?" Because what the wealth plan allows you to do is what ifs. It also is the first step in estate planning, and I recommend estate planning to everybody. And you know, one of the things about RBC is that we can help you with that, and it we don't charge anything. (laughs) All right, so uh, you know. Once you get your wealth plan set up, there's a section where we can hit estate planning and boom, well, you know, we have another conversation. So just remember that. Now, I listened to Lori Cal- Calvacina this week, who is our head strategist and a very bright young woman. Um, I can call her young. <laughs> anyway, she said that all these people have been saying on TV that we can't have a bottom until the recession hits. And she debunked that. <laughs> she talked about 1942, where the market was up, you know, 13, 14 percent before the recession hit, and then when the recession was finally, you know, announced, it went sideways for a while and was up almost 34 percent by the time the mar- the market, I mean, the, the economy turned. Remember, that was a very similar time at the end of the war. You know, we didn't have enough labor; we had inflation. We didn't have enough raw materials. Sound familiar? And by the way, that occurred in the '60s too. Okay, when we had the Asian flu, we had the same problem. This is not new. So when everybody says 100% of the time we have to have a recession first before we bottom, bunk. <laughs> that's that's not the case. It's it's something that you know you have to be thinking about, but it's not the case. So, look, a lot of people have been asking me about artificial intelligence. So. What is artificial intelligence? And at, at a very high level, artificial intelligence is a domain of computer science that involves the simulation of human intelligence by machines and computers. Well, forms of AI have been in existence for some time. It it really seems to have captured investors' imagination last year and this year, all right, uh, With Chat GPT, it's, it's called Open AI launch Chat AB. Uh, GBT, and and AI chat box that used natural language processing to create like a a human-like conversation in text. Now, some of the other common branches of AI include robotics, machine learning, deep learning, image and speech recognition, Uh, the applications of AI from wide range and expanding, uh, impacting many different sectors and industries going forward. So, look, there's some ways to play this. I've got some individual stocks, one's a, a huge large gap, and there's some other, other ones, and there's some ways you can do with with ETFs. So give me a call if you want to know uh, more about that. I think it's, uh, it's really kind of interesting. Now, look, um, a lot of people have been talking about lithium. You know, uh, Albo Marley, I, I bought and sold, um, and, uh, but there's some, been some recent lithium crisis in, in Chile. And uh, they may accelerate the nationalization of the re- resource, which would be interesting. Uh, you know, back on t- 21st, that Chile's president, uh, Boric, he announced that he's going to nationalize that program. So that could be interesting. Now, look, if you've ever seen a lithium mine, you go back to oil. <laughs> I'm telling you, they use hydrochloric acid to get the stuff out of the ground. And uh, they they leave, they leave whatever area just totally wasted, you know. Um, but Chile holds commanding ownership of global lithium reserves, okay? So it, it's something that may happen. And if, and if they do, they're kind of the Saudi Arabia of of lithium, all right? So uh, if they do nationalize it, what will happen? That's a good question. Hey, let's take a break. Once uh, again, the the phone number here is And we'll be right back. Uh, this is Smart Investor Show.
3: It sure is mellow grazing
2: in the grass.
4: Hey friends, what you doing for lunch today? Brown bagging in the break room? That's okay, but can I make you a better offer? How about joining the herd and heading to Harry Buffalo on Great Northern Boulevard in North Olmstead? Have you seen the menu at Harry Buffalo? Oh my. An incredible assortment of mouth-watering options. Sandwiches, wings, bowls, salads... Tacos, pizza, and the Burger Bonanza, the best burger menu in Northeast Ohio, especially if you make it a bison burger. And if you can't get out for lunch, then stop by for the Harry Buffalo Happy Hour, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7, with great food and drink specials every day. And who wants to cook tonight anyway? Stop out for dinner and indulge in an amazing selection of entrees. My favorites, the Lake Erie Perch and the chicken parm is to die for. And remember this, if you go to harrybuffalo.com and join the herd as a subscriber, you'll get a free appetizer along with all the latest buff news and specials sent directly to you for your next visit. So remember, whether it's lunchtime or dinner time or happy hour time, it's always a great time when it's Harry Buffalo time on Great Northern Boulevard in North Olmstead.
0: November 2nd, 2020, marked the 100th anniversary of the first commercial radio broadcast. We're still here, and we're bigger and better than ever. You can still listen to us over this great radio station, but now there are no limitations. Your smartphone is now your smart radio. Listen to us online on the app, tunein.com, iHeartRadio, and odyssey.com. Your smart speaker can find us, too. With radio, there is no separation anxiety. We're always on. AM 1420 is your answer.
2: Playing the village Joel song, I just uh, took the quote from. (laughs) Good job, Lenny, who's uh, our technician back there and does a great job. Um, You know, I want to step back because I just got a a note from Art and Ken about wealth plan. Waste of time. I don't think so. I think what I have found is everybody that's done a wealth plan, even if they had the stuff on their computer – and we started doing, you know, we went to what they call playground on the wealth plan. And it's interactive. So we can say, what if we did this? You know, I have a gentleman who wants to give each one of his kids 50,000 bucks to buy a house. We plug that in and he can still make it. What happens if the market goes down 20%? Can I still make it? And the answer is yes, if we do it the right way. So, and by the way, my accounts didn't go down 20%. <laughs> uh Anyway, the point is, is that it gives you the opportunity. All right. Now, one other thing that I've been finding, and um, going off on a different tangent, is that a lot of people are having a hard time in their small businesses getting money from their bank right now. RBC does a lot of equipment lending, real estate lending, you know, that type of thing. And we'd be glad to talk to you about that. Uh, you know, like we we don't want to sur- uh, surplant your regular bank, but Maybe you need a second bank. You know, Maybe you need some help uh, you know, borrowing money. I, I've, I've already talked to a gentleman who's in the real estate business, and he, he was with First Republic. And, I mean, they lied to him right through the end. All right? So uh, we're, we're now helping him. Uh, he, he needs to buy you – know, he had an order in Dubai forklifts, and uh, we did it in two days. All right. So if you're running a business, we can help because uh, sometimes you do need a second bank. And, uh, you know, we'll leave it at that. I I think that's kind of interesting. Look, I was looking at the Federal Reserve um, and they took a kind of a paint by numbers approach in its latest policy decision. And it delivered all the brushstrokes the markets were looking for. But in doing so, I think the policymakers missed an an opportunity to express themselves in a three or perhaps more impressionistic way and, and the market reaction this week reflects that. So as the market widely expected the Fred the Fed to raise fifty, I mean twenty-five basis points, you know, they updated their language in an official policy statement, which signaled kind of a pause as looming. Um, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> one or two high school art classes, early impressionists violated the rules of academic painting. Okay? So the construction uh, – well, let's just put it this way. Poly- policymakers have singularly focused on inflation to the point of, of the rate hike cycle, and understandably so. It's, it's In our opinion, inflation is still high, and, and lines and contours of which we believe still clearly argue for raising rates. But at the latter stages of the rate cycle, and certainly after 500 basis points of policy tightening – it might be time to just pause a little bit, okay? Uh, we'll see what happens going forward. But it is something that people should pay you know, more attention to, in my humble opinion. Now, uh, somebody asked me, are we out of the woods? No, I don't think we're out of the woods. And, and somebody said, why are you always bullish? Folks, on this show, at the end of 2007, I said that the money market would outperform the stock market. And I didn't change my mind. Until March 9th, 2009. Okay, so I've been bearish before. I'm not, I'm not bullish right now. I'm rational. I said that to a client this week, uh, last week, I guess, and he laughed and he's a great guy, by the way. And uh, uh, it, that's the point. You know, you have to be rational. If you're not rational with your own money, you shouldn't be managing it. Emotion comes into play. You've got a problem on your hands, folks. Okay, so we're not out of the woods. And what have I been saying since January? That 2024 would probably be the time when the market starts up again. All right? Look, you can't have Signature Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, and First Republic go out. And and everything's going to be warm and fuzzy. Okay? But you also... Uh, You know, I mean, the regional banking system stress persists. I did notice that there's one very large bank out of Utah, there's been huge insider buying, which I'll mention later. So there'll be some silver linings, I'm sure, and there'll be some negative stuff going on. Uh, But you have to understand that there's this huge silver tsunami out there. There's a lot of people retiring soon, Okay. You know, the baby boomers are hitting their stride. They're no longer babies. <laughs> they have grandbabies now, okay? So what are they going to be looking for? They're going to be looking for safety. That's why I talked about we have FDIC insurance for a joint account up to $5 million, and for a single account up to $2.5 million, okay? We have wealth plans that we can adjust things if there's a problem. I look at them every week. You know, I just I, I think it's a really good idea. But right now, there's a lot, you know, dividend stocks, there's some dividend stocks that are down. And they're on our prime income list and they're on our dividend growth list. Might be a good time to take a look. Now, look, uh, I, I I was listening to Bob Schleimer Rob Schleimer this week. He doesn't like Bob. Rob. And he's a he's a bright guy. I mean, it's a very bright guy. Uh, and Rob's our head technician. And what he talked about was um, we're, we're at kind of the line in the sand, 4,195 or 4,196, we'll call it. It's kind of a line of sand. Uh, and if we break through there, he thinks we'll go directly to 4,325, which is a nice move, about 3%. All right. Um, and and we're, we're at that point on a, a weekly basis where we're a little overbought, but not really overbought. And, and then if you look at the short-term trading, we're a little bit oversold, okay? So that 4196 is an important measure. So if we break through there, that's very positive. <laughs> On the NASDAQ, the short-term indicators are turning positive, and uh, the NASDAQs begin to break out. And I think that's it's getting some help from Google L and Google in general, all right? So that's that's a positive. Um, and then the 10-year bond, uh, you know, it's been range-bound, and it's testing some really key technical level, levels at 3.25%. Uh, I'm looking at the yield now, okay, not the bond itself. Uh, the momentum is a little oversold, so we could have a, a jump back up, uh, but we'll see. Now, everybody's you know, kind of bummed out about, you know, Lori Calvacina's small cap call. They haven't gone down, okay? And if you look, it's only the the, if you look at the russell 2000 it's only the banking stocks that go down and unfortunately when you buy an etf if you buy the kre which is the regional bank etf you got hammered if you buy the russell you get hammered because they only have like 10 minutes to you know if you put a million share order into sell with an etf you got 10 minutes to fill it so they just dump the stocks okay that's what happened uh, a couple years ago when the the market went down a thousand points on the open Everybody got stopped out on their ETFs, and they never got a chance to get back in. ETFs have some problems. They're not—they're not the all-encompassing investment thesis that everybody talks about. But what has happened with Russell is that the stocks that are not banks have held up pretty darn well, if not gone up. You know, if if the—you know—the KRE is down twenty-eight percent in a month, okay, and the Russell is only down five. Hmm, Some, something's happening there, right? Something's happening there. It's very positive. So, look, one of the things that uh, we watch at RBC is called, something called the Weekly Quadrant Balance Indicator. And one of the things that happened back in August of last year was it was overbought. And I thought it was going to break through and stay, because you, know, you can stay overbought for a while. This time we've broken the downtrend line and we're at resistance. But the Quadrant Balance Momentum Oscillator is just turning up. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's your problem. I can't help you. But look, everybody talks about go away in May and come back someday. And the reason they did that is back in the old days, people were farmers, okay? People aren't farmers anymore. And if you go back to 1975, the first couple weeks of May are down. The last couple weeks of May are up. And it's the same with June. And, and July goes a little bit crazy, and August goes a little bit crazy. September tends to be a, a bad month. Um, so there you go. So, but if I look at the daily index uh, on the S&P 500, things look interesting. So one of the things, and, and, I'm, and then we're going to take a break, is the S&P 500 advanced decline line, they're all talking about it being negative, you know, and it's just the big cap uh, technology stock. Hit a new high last week. Hey, we'll be right back. The phone number here is 216 901 0946. Oh, 0945. (laughs) Oops. We'll be back.
3: The straight talking, hard working, do it right plumbers at Wyatt Works will unclog your drain for only
4: $93. Or it's free. What's the catch? There's never a catch with Wyatt Works. I'd rather starve than do business that way we really will break up your clog and get your
3: water flowing again for $93. Plus, we'll send a camera down the line so you can see
4: exactly what you're dealing Most with. Most of the time, clog busting's all you need. walla doodle Back to your regularly scheduled life with a 12-month no-backup guarantee. If your drain
3: line needs more, we'll explain all the options, including flexible payments and guaranteed estimates. And on the off chance clog busting can't get your drain flowing, our service call is free. You'll still get up front pricing on solutions to your problem but with no initial service fee. That's on us. Either we deliver on our promise, clog, Boston, or it's free. So don't put up with half solutions or slow or clogged drains. Call Why It Works and consider it done. License
0: number 30185.
4: Dennis Prager believes the truth trumps everything. I get in trouble saying this, by the way, with some people who are on my side on, the, on most of these matters. We are as obligated to tell the truth as they are. Truth is more important than any of the doctrines that we hold. The breakdown of society follows inevitably to the breakdown of truth. The Dennis Prager Show,
0: weekdays at 1, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3, on AM 1420. The Answer
1: and Odyssey.
2: okay we're back and uh I, I got a just got a question on an email here an, another one and this is from michael michael asked tim when are we gonna get out of this sloppy trading mood <laughs> and i don't know okay but uh you know i keep talking about 2024 being a good year um but you know look we we have this sideways trade okay and you know, some people ask, you know, when will it end? Um, well, I, I'm seeing some positive things in both the Nasdaq and the S and P 500. And one of the things that I watch is the AAII poll. That's American Association of Individual Investors, uh, Michael. And um, basically, uh, what they say to me, based, you know, is when people are very bearish or not so bullish, you got to pay attention. Now, this has had a great record. Uh, and this is when the the AAII poll for bulls is below 20 two weeks in a row 92% of the time we had a big rally up until last year last year we had two two events where that occurred and the market sold off which was a bummer obviously so it brought the percentage down kind of drastically but we just had our second week of the AAII poll being below 20% bulls so you know, that's something to think about. Uh, I don't think it's ever happened three times in a row, but, you know, we'll take it from there. Uh, you know, sometimes um, you get, um, well, what's the best way to put this? Uh, well, let's just say uh, it, it. I haven't seen it ever happen three times in a row. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Now, we are in a column of O's on the bullish percent, and let's go back, and I do this every week and I explain every week, but some people are listening for the first time. So uh, the bullish percent was designed by uh, some people back in the 30s. These are Charles Dow's people, and what they wanted to do is be bullish at the bottom. So this goes from zero to 100. When we get over 70, that's the red zone. That's where we were all of 2021. My clients heard a lot of ideas from me in 2020. They didn't hear too many ideas in 2021. And uh, I'm starting to get some ideas now, okay? So I'm starting to like some things, you know, big time. Uh, but the point is, when it's over 70, that's the red zone. That's when you should be careful. When it goes below 30, that's the green zone. You know, we were just there back uh, in, in September. People were negative then. We're up 15% from that bottom. How about that? Huh? So here, here we are, you know, uh, we're at 41. We're in a column of O's. We were just at 50. So we're, we've given up a little bit. We won't reverse the 48. So I think we're going to be, uh, it's going to be negative for a while. It's just, you know, we're going to uh, turn around a little bit till they get this debt ceiling taken care of. Okay. Uh, the world index is still in a column of X. So the international stocks, which we talked about on the show in January, the early part of January, are still good. Okay, Now, if we look at dynamic asset level investing, which is a relative strength investing, the best place to be is in the mid-cap blend area and then mid-cap value, then small cap value, then large cap value. Uh, growth has started to pick up but it's still low on the totem pole, okay. And if we look at the Vanguard Growth ETF versus the Vanguard uh, Value ETF, it has broken a double top. Okay? Uh, well, no, it won't, but it will at 189. So what we're doing is we're we're comparing things to see which is the best place to be, okay. Um, now they got absolutely killed. The growth group got absolutely killed, and they had a big run in the first part of this year, and so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, as far as sectors concerned, it's amazing, but basic materials have held its lead. That way, I've noticed a lot of insider buying. You know, Cleveland Cliffs had, uh, you know, local company had a, a big insider buy again from their CEO, and boy, he's been right uh, to say that. So, basic materials still number one. Consumer non-cyclical, i.e., staples, are number two. Tech, which was dead last, is now number three. Industrials number four, and consumer cyclical is number five. Healthcare has improved 30 votes and is not favored, but is next, okay? Dead last is real estate. So we'll see what happens there. Sometimes, uh, you know, uh, by the way, energy and basic materials were dead last for two years, and they went cover to cover, and they did great over that period of time. So keep that in mind. So I I think, you know, uh, industrials, you want an equal weight. Consumer uh, discretionary, equal weight. Utilities equal weight. Communication services. Remember that was dead last. It's still second dead to last. Uh, I would just underweight and real estate. I would underweight. Um, international seems to be doing pretty well, and it's it, it's actually distancing itself from commodities, which I think is kind of interesting. Japan has has advanced into the top four positions of that asset class, uh, which is interesting because Warren Buffett just bought a whole bunch of stuff out there. Uh, you know. I said last week or two weeks ago, they interviewed Warren Buffett. And he bought a lot of Japanese stocks, but he also spent $4 billion in our markets. And, and they interviewed Peter Lynch, and I think he said he bought four to six stocks. Uh, these are two of the greatest stock pickers of our time, and they're buying stocks. <laughs> they're buying stocks. So I looked at one particular fund of the Japanese, and you know, it broke its downtrend line, pulled back and then broke it. Broke a double top, which is usually a positive thing. So uh, I, I, I think that's kind of an interesting place to go. The 30-year Treasury Yield Index broke 385 this week. Uh, so, yeah, you know, uh, it, it, it was oversold, as I said earlier, so it popping up doesn't surprise me. Uh, it is below its uptrend line on a regular chart. However, on a point-and-figure chart, it is not. So, you know, charts... They're different charts for different folks, and I look at all of them. <laughs> That's simple, you know. You, you gotta, you gotta keep an open mind on this stuff. So, uh, um, look, as I said, one of our top bond traders, bond portfolio managers, Nicole, this week said, "If you're not adding duration to your portfolio, you're, I think you're going to be in trouble." And I'll say this again. If you don't know what duration is, you shouldn't be managing your own bond portfolio. Anyway, crude oil uh, is is on a buy signal, but the point and figure chart's still negative, and gold uh, starting to like gold and silver a little bit here again. Now we, we recommended this back in the begin in two thousand sixteen or seventeen, I think it was. We made some pretty good money on it, but it's 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 on positive on a point and figure chart, and it, it's on relative strength sell signal. And I think if it breaks through twenty ninety five. Or 2085, I'm sorry, it'll be off to the races. So, uh, look, commodity prices are very sensitive to physical supply and demand. And I think you got to remember that. So, uh, it, you know, one of the things that is interesting, I think, uh, in that group is if I looked at the five week moving average, which, you know, the last time uh, the commodity index, the C, you know, COCA, let's say cocaa uh you know cocoa broke a double top this week so not all commodities are bad all right so just remember that part and uh you will leave it there but i think you know um i, I saw a couple things this week uh we had kind of a reversal in the kre i think it's going to come down and test that the low again and then we may have a temporary bottom in, in the regional banks we'll see. Um, but uh, I think nine of the 11 sectors are higher by 1% on, uh, you know, last Friday. That's a pretty good sign. So, you know, as bad as things are, uh, you know, we're seeing positive stuff. All right. So, um, you know, the, the more I see it, the, the more I, uh, uh, I get interested. And people, I've had a lot of questions on regional banks. And if you look at the DeMarc group, Tom Demark. Uh, he has kind of exhaustion occurring in the KRE, so we'll, we'll see if he's right uh, going forward. But I think it, you, know, you have to pay pretty close attention to that type of stuff. Uh, you, you, you know Fundamentals are great, but when you're trying to find a bottom, technicals are better. Um, so, look, I, I saw a couple things this week. I thought small caps look very close to, to showing some relative strength or a bottoming. OK, we'll say versus large cap. And, you know, um, our people have been talking about small caps. Now, they, they weren't talking about regional banks. OK, <laughs> our regional bank guy actually was, you know, uh, neutral on a lot of these banks. Uh, and we were more positive on the big banks, which has seemed to work out pretty well. But the small caps do look like they're very close to uh, showing some relative bottoming versus the large cap. So we'll keep it. You know, the, the defensive groups still show out performance. I did notice that uh, there's been some large option trades in the biotech world. So people are, I mean, I'm starting to see, you know, I had a biotech uh, that I've owned for several years. that uh, around five forever. Now 13. It was 13 in a minute. <laughs> All right. So they're starting to, uh, and by the way, our, our analyst had several that were really, really good this week uh, or this month. Uh, so I'll leave it at that. But, you know, you're seeing some behemoths like Apple and Microsoft, you know, really make a big run. So we'll see what happens going forward. But the U.S. dollar looked, um, you know, the move, st- stabilization, I guess, you know, that might be minor. It might be just a minor trend. So we got to watch that because if the dollar goes down, commodities usually go up. If the dollar goes up, commodities usually go down. So maybe that's a chance. Uh, um, you know, to, to go further, if you will, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the commodity market, Uh, the commodities have been down for a pretty long time, but they did break a 14 year downtrend. So usually that means they're going to hold at least, uh, you know, they'll they'll break out, pull back and then hold. So we'll see, you know, interest rates are are probably going to do the same thing. I don't think interest rates are going back to 0% or half a percent or anything like that, but, um, you know, these are the type of things you should be looking for, uh, you know, where to go, when to go, that type of thing. And I, I think that, uh, a lot of people are, uh, you know, fairly nervous at this point, which is good. Okay. The more you're nervous, I know this sounds crazy, but, uh, you know, the, the more you're nervous, the, the better it is, uh, you know, it. If you're, if you're investing for the first time and then your stomach's turning, that's a good sign. <laughs> Just so you know. All right. Because that's usually when the you get the best values. Now, look, I said back in the first week of April that medical devices, uh, we could have a breakout there to give healthcare a further boost. Okay. The biotech's kind of led the way and we're starting to see that now. Uh, I'm starting to see more and more of those stocks uh, on my radar. Okay. Uh, and I look at Thousands of charts every day. So we'll just leave it at that. Now, semiconductors have shown some minor weakness, but the socks or the sock, you know, which is a semiconductor ETF, still remains in an uptrend. So we'll, we'll watch that very closely. I, I looked at a couple stocks, and, and uh, Rob Schleimer mentioned a couple to me the other day that look pretty healthy. In the meantime, let's take a break, uh, and we'll be right back with Insiders. Stay tuned if you got a question. 216 901 0945.
4: Hey friends, Bob France here with an important reminder for you, Mother's Day is coming. It's this Sunday, May 14th, and Discount Drug Mart has everything you need. A great selection of flowers, beauty products, perfume, jewelry, chocolates, gift cards, gift items, the best Mother's Day cards. Check it out for yourself also. We want you to know that May is Skin Cancer Awareness Month, and Discount Drug Mart is sharing tips to help you and your family stay safe this summer with SunSense, their sun safety awareness program. Learn more at your favorite Drug Mart pharmacy, where they save you the runaround because they have everything you need.
0: Charlie Kirk sees a slide coming.
3: In 2008, there were 25 banks that busted for a total of $94 billion. So far this year, three banks have busted For a total of $110 billion. We're on the precipice of a major bank run. Institutional. An institutional bank run.
0: The Charlie Kirk Show. Weekdays at noon. Right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 1420.
3: The Answer.
2: And Odyssey.
3: Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC.
2: Okay, uh, we're back. You know, and this is where we uh, what we've done is we've we've talked about um, you know wealth plans and, and Marshfield and and bonds and stocks and barbell approach. We've talked strategy, uh, and then we talked about you know different sectors that look good, and and now we're going to talk about insiders. And insiders uh, tend to know their companies a lot better than you and I, and uh, when they buy and when they buy big, you should pay attention. Okay, um, and. The first one's an interesting one. Uh, it's a guy named Bob Dugan, who I, you know, if you were listening to the show way back when, I, I pounded the table basically on Pharmacycles when I was allowed to mention stock. And Bob Dugan was buying Pharmacycles out the wazoo. Okay. Matter of fact, they did a, a secondary offering. I think he and I split it. <laughs> and Pharmacycles ended up get taken. It, it was 80 cents on the secondary. Or eighty-three cents, I think it was, and it got taken out at two hundred and sixty dollars, half cash, half Abby stock, and Abby stock at that point was yielding about three and a half percent. It is now it was a thirty some dollars and 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 change, and now it's at one hundred and forty-seven, and it still has a three and a half percent dividend. It's been a home run. So Mr. Dugan, uh, he sold his company to um, uh, U.S. Surgical way back when, so he's, he's done fairly well. He bought Pulse Biosystems, which has something called Nano Pulse Technology, which I kind of like. Now I own I own the stock, so uh, uh, and I own it anywhere from six uh, well a dollar to fourteen. Okay, uh, I sold some in, in the '30s. Uh, I wish I would have sold more of it, and it came all the way back down. It's done a lot of medical stocks, but Mr. Dugan just bought sixty five point two million dollars worth of stock on May 9th at six dollars and fifty three cents. By the way, the stock had been down to two bucks, so you like seeing that. Now, the other name that I like, uh, and this guy bought down below fifty, is uh, Frederick Ursham, uh, who's a director at uh, Coin, Coinbase Global. He bought forty-four million dollars worth of stock, and, and uh, that he didn't stop there. <laughs> he bought uh, another bunch, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, in the low fifties. And uh, he, he bought some more uh, just uh, just two days ago, uh, about eight hundred thousand dollars worth. So he's he's not messing around. Now the other thing, uh, Zion Bank Corp. You know we mentioned that the, those guys had bought some, and we had another director buy about one hundred nineteen thousand. Remember the CEO bought uh, like a million dollars worth last two weeks ago, um, and bought some more just recently. So we have quite a few people buying there, and then uh, Claire. Uh, Claire Wang, whoan uh, bought three hundred sixty thousand dollars worth of stock too. So, we're starting to see some, you know, some of the regional banks start to step up to the plate. Uh, also, uh, oh, uh, by the way, I'm sorry. He bought forty four million dollars worth of Coinbase, and then he bought another five point nine million. I, I said a wrong number. I'm looking at the wrong sheet. My apologies. Uh, also, um, Motive Care, which was a hundred and ten dollars stock, I think. Uh, just back in, in February is now a fifty-five dollar stock. Coliseum Capital Management bought five point seven million dollars. And then they bought another uh four point one million. So that's that's a big positive. And then uh Biosystems, which was seven dollars just a month ago, is now three seventy. We have James Tannenbaum, who's a director, bought four point nine million, and then Orbamed, which is really smart money, they bought two point seven, and then Carl Gordon, who's a director, bought a whole bunch. And here's one that's Creative Media uh, Community Trust, which is a REIT. Uh, we've had several people buy because there's the stock's at, at $4.50, and there's an offer at $5.40 or $5.50 on the table. Uh, and we had uh, actually CMCT uh, actually bought their own stock, and then we had a director, a couple directors buy some, and the chief investment officer bought, they all bought $2.6 million worth. That's interesting. And then two days later, our friends at Coliseum Capital bought some more uh, motive care. So they bought another $2.1 So So it's starting to see. Uh, uh, and then last week, just so you know, because I was, I, you know, I, I did a uh, recording, uh, Orbamed and Carl Gordon also bought some of, of the uh, Kinate BioFarm uh, at lower prices. So now a couple other names that we kind of like. Uh, Randy Ernst, who, who owns American Asset Trust. You know, that was a $28 stock. It's now an $18 stock. He stepped up and bought uh, three times, uh, $1.8 million each time. He's been buying for about seven, eight months now. And also, uh, the CEO of Albumarly stepped up. Now, the stock's up $9, so don't chase it. Uh, bought a million dollars worth the stock. And then also Plains GP, uh, which is an oil company. We had their CEO buy a million dollars with the stock. And here's one we talked about a while back, Ranio Pharmaceutical. We had quite a few buyers in the six dollar range. And a director, Neil O'Donnell, bought quite a bit more uh, just recently. And then we had Caesars, uh Caesars Entertainment, which is down from eighty uh fifty five, it's like forty two. We had uh, a director buy one point one million. And the Howard Hughes Corporation by another million. So we had quite a few insider buyers. Matter of fact, this is one of the largest insider buyer weeks I've seen in a long, long time. So that's something to think about uh, for all you people out there that uh, are, you know, wondering what I what I should be doing right at the moment. So, all right. So what am I seeing? I, look, I think uh, the precious metal correction could be almost complete. So that might be a uh, an area. Uh, but, you know, look, you don't want to do anything till you see the whites of their eyes. Right. Simple as that. And look, we have the, one of these generational cycles. And I know you said, oh, we just we're in a bear market. Well, bear markets occur in, in bull markets. All right. 1987 was a perfect example. 1990 was a was a bear market with, you know, when Saddam Hussein rolled into town. And so and then. And in bear markets, you know, after 2003, we had a great market moving into 2007. Then we went down again. Then we went back up and uh, then we broke out 2016. Okay. Uh, so late 2016. So we, we probably have another, you know, eight to nine years of this uh, market. And I think uh, what you'll see is, you know, we'll start to see that occur in 2024. Um, by the way. Usually, the best part of the bull market is the last part of the bull market. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. So these generational cycles last, and and, and look, um, if you mark from the bottom, and I'm talking the bottom, I'm talking about 1929 to the top, which occurred in 1965. Uh, you had a 2,300 percent move, and in the bottom in 1974, to the bottom to the top in 2000 was 200 300 percent. So the bottom occurred. Back obviously, in 2008, and, you know, from there, if we just go up 2,000%, we'd be looking at 13,000, 14,000 on the S&P 500. Remember that. But it is a choppy cycle. It's, It's, you know, 2023 will probably choppy, and 2024 will probably, when everybody's bearish, bring people back in. I will mention this. You know, I talked about the momentum being very overbought back in January. It was very oversold back in Feb- um, I mean, in September. It just went green. Now, it doesn't have to stay green. It can bounce around a little bit. But if the four-month moving average crosses over the 13-month moving average, that's going to be very positive. That's when bull markets start, folks. All right? And the one thing about the S&P 500, it is not broken. It's uptrend line on the bottom, dating back to 2009. So remember that. So what would I do now? Well, if you go to WHK 1420 and you go down to the Smart Investor Show, uh, first of all, we can set up a wealth plan for you. And by the way, you don't have to be a client. Now, you can't mess around with Playground, but we can tell you how well you're going to do in retirement. We can tell you the percent of chances of you retiring well, okay? Uh, But we can't do playground. That's for our clients, and I highly recommend it. Also, Marshfield was in town this last week you should call for a Marshfield brochure. I'm telling you, these guys are good. You know, be up 6.5% in new accounts and up almost 12% in the older accounts in a down 20% year. No comment. Uh, And then, uh, you know, but if you want to sit down and talk about your portfolio, uh, we have our prime income list, our dividend growth list. It's all really good stuff, okay. Uh, and we now have our, our, you know, we're looking at a large, diverse portfolio uh, of high-quality stocks, and we also have our large-cap value portfolio. We've just introduced those. We did some back testing. It looks really pretty good. And once again, I think asset allocations come back to play, finally. All right. I haven't talked about asset allocation in almost eight years on this show, so uh, you should be thinking about it. And we we also mentioned AI today, so if you need any help with that, give me a call. But let's talk about your portfolio. Let's do a wealth plan. Believe me, people who've done it love it, especially when we sit down in my office and do a little, you know, hey, how are we doing here? What what can we do here? What can we do better? And then we moved into estate planning and a couple of of these wealth plans, and they're very happy. In the meantime. You have a great weekend. Uh, This is Tim Hayes from the Smart Investor Show. Remember to buy low and sell high.
1: Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.